what's the word serve? If this is new to you, strap on. It's going to get busy. So my name is Pastor Bill, and I don't normally give disclaimers before I give a sermon, but I feel like I do need to today because some of you don't know me, and uh, but I, I feel two things are very powerful today. Today is the day that changes everything, and this is a time to be bold. Now, here's why I have to say this, because some of the things I'm going to say today are pretty bold. They may come across kind of edgy for me, but understand this. Hear my heart in this. Speaking truth in love and for a purpose. And here's my life. If you come to, I don't know how many trips around the sun you've had, but if you've come to all of these Sundays and you've heard this story over and over again, it goes something like this. He was dead. The tomb was open. Uh, he's not there. And we go on and we get collect Easter eggs and go on about our merry way. But there's more to the story than that. It's so much richer, so much deeper. So we challenge that a little bit this morning. So here's how we begin. We're doing this uh, thing called Easter Sunday. You may have heard of it, but uh, I want to ask a, a question. Uh, how many of you have like a favorite team? Oh, come on, it's Texas. Seriously? <laughs> Everybody has a favorite team. Yeah, okay. So here's what I've learned. I, I have discovered that there is a perfect church for your team. Now, if you don't believe me, listen to these stats. They give, this church gives millions of dollars. And well, it's not all about giving. That is an indicator that people are investing. I mean, if you're willing to give your money, you are in, right? And these people's attendance is what they're just absolutely for. Every Sunday, they're religiously there. <laughs> they are there, no matter what. And this church doesn't only meet on Sunday. Sometimes it means during the week. Now, these people are so driven to be at these services that they will take time off from work to go to this church. Can you imagine? It's just better than that. Sometimes they even cheat and they call them sick. They're not sick. They just want to go to the service. And so they go to the service. In fact, they're so passionate about being there that if they can't be there, they'll call someone and say, hey, would you like to take my seat at this service? That's how passionate this church is. It is widespread. It is very enthusiastic. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to lie. What's the church we're talking about? Of course, the church is close. <laughs> Am I lying? Right? I mean, we are invested in this. We spend millions and millions of dollars. If we can't be there, we'll make sure someone is there in our space because we want them to experience that thing that is so unique. And that's why I'm questioning myself. Why is it that people are all star? You got the guy that home star in the sky. I don't know. They, they got that player that helps people come from behind and, and save the day. We got that player that comes from the grave and saves the world. What they have to be See what I'm saying? And I figured out what the problem is. The problem is, church, we don't have a good photo. That's the problem. We don't have a good photo. Think of your favorite team or look at the map and pick your own favorite. What are some of the most powerful, inspiring logos that you can imagine? Throw them out there. The Eagles. I knew it. I knew the Eagles were coming. What was it? Oh, yes, you nice, the bison. It's actually up there. Do you see it? So yeah. the Philadelphia Phillies. And so the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, by the way, right below North Dakota, the South Dakota, the Jackrabbits. Yeah, um, that's I, yeah, I don't know if that's as, as inspiring. Yeah. Say, what other are the voters? Viking. Viking. Jeez. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get the idea, right? It's, there's symbols of power. There are things that you can get behind. We got birds of prey and predators and Vikings and warriors and braves and chiefs and all that stuff. They have great logos. What does the church have? Still lambs. <laughs> have, have you ever seen a professional sports team that has lambs as their logo? No, I don't think I have. Now, rams, that's different. You put horns on them, you get them angry looking. That's something you can get behind, but lambs? No, I'm sorry. That always gets better. Not just lambs. But because when we sing that, that song, see if you can fill in this line, this is going to be a fun experiment. We sing the song, Worthy is the Lamb. That was. It's not a lamb at the dead lamb. Put that on the <laughs> Right? No, nobody's going to follow a dead lamb. It's just not inspiring. And yet that's our logo for the church. I'm convinced that that's why people aren't here and more things about what it is that we're doing. I'm convinced that's not in the music. And we're not willing to follow a dead lamb. So we need to talk about how did this come about? What can we do about it? Because while we, uh, uh, this is my proposed logo for work search, by the way. There will be t-shirts, there will be some merch uh, that comes out, and get it online, and wear it proudly. Yeah, go lands. Who's with <laughs> One, great, thank you, Seth, I appreciate that. <laughs> and and uh, like I said, if that's not bad enough, I want to give you this visual, because this is what people think of the church sometimes. Now, this is where we get a little bit serious for a second because we need to look at why it is are we prepared this way? What can we do about it? And what changes for us? On this day, that changes everything. Here we, here we begin. How did it come about? <clears throat> when Jesus started his earthly ministry, he had his cousin introduce him. His cousin was John the Baptist, and he came to be baptized because that was part of the deal. And so as he comes to John to be baptized, what does John call him? The Lamb. Here it is, right here. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Go lambs. Are you with me yet? This is the beginning, and this is how he chooses to announce his ministry. This is his marketing campaign. He leads with what? Go lambs. Inspiring? Are you inspired yet? You want to come with me? You want a little bit? I know you do. Right? Not so much. And then it gets better because here's what this hope, this, this person who has met all these prophecies, who grows and, and gets this following over the next three years, and he comes into Jerusalem and people are expecting great things. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's called Long Sunday. It's a big deal. And their hopes are shattered because this person came with not what they were expecting. This person did this as his culminating act of his ministry. This is the beginning. And this is the end of Jesus' ministry. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his feet. Not exactly what they were hoping for. Not exactly the kind of leader I would want to get behind. Not something I would want to devote my life to. And I bet those original disciples were thinking, My God, I'm going to get this thing. I gave up everything to follow this guy. I gave up my business, right? I gave up my home. I had no place to leave my head. Oh, it's the heaviness of the blessing is coming. So think about the gravity of this. And then think about the gravity of this day that changes everything. Because it was on this morning when the women got up. Isn't it always the women? 
here's the most fascinating fact to me. Jesus was always the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was never not the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was a lion who assumed the role of a lion to be sacrificed, but he was still a lion. Now that tells me something about my want, because I would rather be a lion who can observe the role of the lamb than I would to be a lamb who tries to assume the role of a lion. What does that mean? Is this an excuse to be unconscious and aggressive? Is this an excuse to go bludgeon people with the word of God? Because as one of my seminary professors said, this makes an excellent scorer but a terrible quote. No, I'm not talking about being aggressive. I'm not talking about being unconscious. I'm talking about owning the fact that you serve the line of the tribe of Judah. What does the line symbolize? Majesty. God forgive us when we don't take that majesty into account. God forgive us when we treat him like just another good guy who was a great teacher. God forgive us when we annul the sacrifice that he went through because it takes a line that is bearing the weight of the sinful world. The lion doesn't know any better. The lion knows and does it. We serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. So think about this. Have you ever been to a restaurant and ordered lamb chops? Who knows restaurants? Who knows restaurants serve lamb chops right for you? How many of you been to a restaurant that serves the lion's tail? See, we don't like to hunt things that hunt us back. No, there is something powerful there. There is something visible there. And when it comes to the spiritual side of things, this is the ability to stand firm on what we believe. This is the ability to speak truth but in love. This is the ability to recognize the majesty that we serve and that we represent. We are his ambassadors, are we not? So maybe it's time that we started to adopt this idea. This lion or lamb. And it's both. Absolutely both. If you look at what this looks like, look at it in just a moment for you. Read Acts chapter 4. In that you will see where the disciples, who previously were very landlike, who fled, who abandoned him, who denied him, suddenly get a backbone. Preachers uh, like like me, I would wish I could have this luck. Peter and, and uh, John go into Jerusalem, he preaches a sermon, 5,000 people or so. Man, that's a lion stuff. They get called before the Sanhedrin, they get ordered to stop, and Peter says, Should we obey you or should we obey God? That's lion that's worthy of the line of the tribe of Judah. That's standing for what we believe in. That's speaking the truth. Always for the reconciliation of the world. That would be the solution. That's what we're looking for. So read Acts chapter 4, and you'll recognize that all these apostles are two known disciples that had fled and abandoned or were cowering behind a locked door as, as they were awaiting Jesus' return. Every one of them, save one, died before their time. Because they were standing for something they believed in, and they believed in it enough that they were willing to die for that. Am I willing to die for that? See, that's blindness. So I have a couple of questions for us to ponder this point to determine whether we're more language or more language. Here's the first one How often do we pray for relief versus experience in the situation? Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for relief. But sometimes, I believe that God uses circumstances to build us into something stronger. Not us personally, but what He can do through us. 
when we read our favorite song, we talked about this in the news about a couple of weeks ago. When we read our favorite song, Psalm 23, it talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm all that? Because I'm tough? Because I'm mentally strong? Because I'm resilient? No, it's because he is with me. That's why he's the stronger. And the more time we spend with him, in those times of crisis, the more we rely on him, the more fully he lives in us, the more we look like Christ. It's not a pleasant experience, but it's not a It's boldness. So maybe we need to look at what he can do in us and through us, what he can do in us and through us. The second one is how often do we pray for change yet do nothing to further the change? God, please change my work environment. God, please change my marriage. God, please change the school. God, please change the words or church. And we wait for him to do something. That's cheap stuff. We need one of stuff. And I don't mean go out and act stupidly. I don't mean go out and act of your own accord. I mean, seriously, do a couple things here. Do these action steps. That's what I would recommend. Let's first of all pray for the Holy Spirit to give us courage. The only we are ready to submit to that. Why would God show up in our lives if we're not doing anything that requires God? Why would God equip us to be lying so he's not going to call us to do something that requires courage? Courage might be speaking up. Courage might be serving that person that you don't want to serve. Courage might be stepping outside our comfort zone to relate this good news to Jesus Christ. I don't know what it looks like for you, but I know one who does. And I know he'll speak to us if we ask for it. And I know he will grant it if we need something to The second one, speak the truth. But, and this is a big one, always in love with God's ultimate goal of reconciliation in mind. I can't tell you how many times people say, I'm going to be bold with Christ, and they go out and make a mess. There's bodies left and right. This is the end of people after that. That's not Jesus' mission. You don't see him out there going basking in people except for Christians, okay? But you don't see him out there destroying people. You see him out there saving people. That's my that's what is called for in this day and age. So if we will pray and we will speak in love with reconciliation in mind, I think we can make a difference in this world. I think we can help the usher this kingdom in. Why do I say all this? Because I feel that today is a day that changes everything. And I feel like today, in this day and age, there's a time for boldness. There's a time for violence. I hope that you will join us on that journey. I hope that you will recognize that while we need the land, we also need the line. The two are inseparable. And as we are forgiven through the blood of the land, let us live with the dignity, the courage, and the power of the line. For his life. We pray for you. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ, the lion and the lamb. I thank you for his willingness to lay down his life and everything that he had to give us a shot at the freedom that we now experience. Freedom from sin and power and death. Freedom to have a life eternal in your presence. Freedom to speak truth and love. Freedom from all the things that weigh us down. God let us. Let us bring down the land of the